Monday, October 26th, 2020, Born the Battle, brought to you by the Department of Veterans Affairs, the podcast that focuses on inspiring veteran stories and puts a highlight on important resources, offices, and benefits for our veterans. I am your host, Marine Corps veteran Tanner Iskra. Hope everyone had a great week outside of podcast land. Man, October has flown by. Maybe because, uh, I don't know, maybe because work has been steady, to say the least. Halloween week is already upon us, and the VA's Office of Community Care, I think it's Office of Community Care, an office within this very large ship that we call VA, wants me to remind you that if you haven't gotten a flu shot yet, now is the time to get it. This year, more than ever, it's important to protect yourself, your family, and your community. VA is making it easier than ever before for eligible veterans to get their flu shot at either a VA medical facility or more than one of 60,000 in-network community locations. Eligible veterans can go to a nearby in-network retail pharmacy or urgent care center, show a government-issued ID card, and receive a standard or high-dose flu shot. The flu vaccine not only helps reduce the chance that you will contract the flu, but it can also reduce the severity and symptoms if you do become infected with the flu. Join the Department of Veterans Affairs in fighting the flu by getting your no-cost flu shot today. You can find a participating community partner by visiting www.va.gov and select Find a Location from the top menu. No new ratings or reviews this week. Hey, after all the positive feedback last week, I'll take it. Uh, You guys had a lot to share with other listeners and potential first-time listeners Uh, As always, I appreciate the kind words and helping me share and spread the information in this podcast. As always, if you subscribe, leave a rating and or review on Apple Podcasts, it helps push this podcast up in the algorithms, giving more veterans the chance to catch the information provided, not only in the interviews, but in the benefits breakdown episodes and in the news releases. So thank you for helping with that. Speaking of news releases, we got two this week. First one says for immediate release. To better support veterans impacted by COVID-19, the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs announced recently it is partnering with Blue Star Families for the COVID-19 Military Support Initiative. The mission of the COVID-19 Military Support Initiative is to share information, maintain engagement, and develop best practices and policy approaches to ensure our military families receive the support it deserves. COVID-19 Military Support Initiative builds upon previous work done between VA and Blue Star Families to include comprehensive coverage of the federal response to include a daily newsletter, hosting virtual town halls, identifying best practices and policy solutions, and creating a repository to capture frequently asked questions. For more information, go to COVID-19MilitarySupport.org. Okay, and the second one says the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs announced recently it is developing a National Women's Veterans Oncology System of Excellence through the National Women Veterans Oncology System of Excellence, current partnerships with the National Cancer Institute, academic medical centers, and others. VA is able to provide care via tele-oncology and clinical trials to women veterans nationwide. The partnerships with medical and research universities will help advance and expand tele-oncology and other services to provide the best cancer care and treatment options to women veterans across the nation. As part of this effort, VA is seeking to partner with more oncology, medical, and research organizations and universities that deliver world-class care and research. For more information on becoming a VA partner, contact cancer at va.gov. And finally, to learn more about VA health services for women veterans, visit womenshealth.va.gov. 
Other news that I saw outside the VA, as it was on the FCC's website, is that President Trump just signed the National Suicide Hotline Designation Act. This will designate 988 as the official National Suicide Hotline. Now, the three-digit number isn't online yet. You know, the, the FCC and the nation's telecommunication companies are, are much like VA, much like the DOD, much like many Fortune 500 companies. Uh, they're very large ships with tiny rudders, hard to make swift changes at an enterprise level. And they're trying to get many ships to talk in one voice and on one comm line. Uh, they did give themselves two years. And in the meantime, you can call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline by dialing 1-800-273-8255. Veterans who call that number can press 1 and be connected with the Veterans Crisis Line. Much like episode 212 with Aaron Quinones, this is just another possible tool that's out there for your toolkit. And I'm glad to see it take shape. All right, so it is Halloween week. And I thought we'd do something a little different here at Born the Battle. There have been some some credible reports lately about government footage containing UAPs, which is an unidentified aerial phenomenon, aka UFOs. If you've paid attention, there's been a lot of talk about some official naval footage and former government officials making the rounds on credible news sites, podcasts, and the like. And I wanted to dive into it with our very own Born the Battle paranormal expert. Navy veteran Jennifer Marshall. She hosts a show on CW called Mysteries Decoded, where she investigates the paranormal. So for Halloween, we got her take on all the recent information that's been released. Take a listen. Well, welcome back, Jen. Um, Thank you. You know, we did your normal appearance way back in a normal, quote unquote, normal appearance way back in episode 139. It was, I think it was one of the first episodes that I did. Yeah, it was. It was. I remember you had just taken over. Yeah, I think it was like that first month. Um, And then you came back earlier this year for the state of the military and film panel. And that was a lot of fun. My gosh, to be on the same panel as Captain Die, I was like, holy cow, I'm not worthy. <laughs> so worthy. Um, but man, during the panel, we didn't even get a chance to approach what you've done since you, your first time here. What? A, a, that first episode was about a year and a half ago. Oh, yeah. So, so much stuff has gone on for you. Lately. A lot. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. I've been a busy bee for sure. Are, are you out filming again? Did I see that? I am. Yeah, yeah. I'm in. Uh, I'm in Georgia right now, and uh, I get back, and then I head to. I have about six days back home, and then I head to Albuquerque, and then three days later I go to Kentucky. So it's been crazy pants. Yeah. Outstanding. I think the biggest thing that's happened is that you now have your own show on CW, Mysteries I do. Decoded. I do. That just got renewed. Yeah. For season three. Yeah. <laughs> Outstanding. It's yeah. a year and a half and you're into your third season. Uh, marrying that private investigator skill set that you, we talked about with the world that you work in most often in California. Yeah. Uh, for those that have never heard it, can you get a, give a quick overview of the show? Or have never seen it, heard it? So, so Mysteries Decoded is a show on the CW, and so it pairs me, a licensed private investigator, with an expert in the field. So we look into historical mysteries, paranormal occurrences, and we try to get to the bottom of these legendary cases. And it's just been such a blessing to work on the show, because in my private practice, there's not a client who would ever pay me to go 
investigate whether or not Lizzie Borden killed her family. So it's been um, it's been a treat. It's been great. Which is the exact reason I thought perfect time to bring you back. Halloween week. Right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you're on a show that I mean, you've investigated vampires, the Mothman, aliens on multiple occasions, depending on the case. Mm-hmm. And a subject that is my personal favorite as a child of the as a child of the woods of the Pacific Northwest, Bigfoot. Yes, that was one of my favorite episodes, and I went into it thinking this is garbage and completely not true. And I <laughs> left wondering, you know, I left wondering: is there something out there that exists that we don't necessarily know, and it could be in a very very small number? Um, but, you know, Dr. Jeff Meldrum, he has such an amazing collection of evidence that he is that he has in his lab that, no, we can't necessarily track it back to Bigfoot, but there's nothing there's nothing that can it can be tracked back to right now. Wow. So it's intriguing, to say the least. I didn't see the episode yet, but I did see the promo and I liked how your your co-host uh you guys were like, I think the promo said something of, we're staying the night out there, and he had this fear of terror in mm-hmm. his eyes. And you were like, mm-hmm. not a problem. That was funny. <laughs> well, we were, we were in the middle of nowhere. We were in the middle of nowhere, and there's bears out there. And, you know, I could, I could see why he would have that trepidation, even if he didn't believe in Bigfoot. Yeah. We were literally in the middle of nowhere. We didn't see anyone the entire day. Didn't see anybody. Where were you guys at? No, we were in British Columbia. And so we we drove. I think the only people that we saw the entire time we were out there were logging trucks. And that was the occasional logging truck that we passed. I could share with you when it comes to Bigfoot, a lot of logger stories. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, now as a private investigator, how do you start an investigation into something that is paranormal? You know, it's difficult. Thankfully, we have a wonderful team for the show. It's a research team. Um, You know, it's several people just because of how quickly we shoot the episodes. There's no way that I could do all the research myself. So we have a great team of researchers and we basically sit down and we look at whatever it is, the subject as a whole. I think too often investigators say, all right, Lizzie Borden, for example, okay, we think she killed her parents. Let's look at that route. Instead of, you know, the parents ended up dead. How did this happen? So I, Mm. I try to stay away from tunnel vision because that really is the death of an investigator. As veterans. Well, I'm sure as an investigator as well, um, you know, there's an instant credibility when evidence is government sourced and you know, with, even with Bigfoot, with, with a lot of your shows, you've been able to share a lot of that. Um, what do you think? I mean, do you, like you said, you had a, do you have a verdict on, in your own mind, what was, what is Bigfoot? What is out there? I do. I, I think that in the future, in the near future, something will be identified as not necessarily a missing link, but something that we didn't know about previously. And this happens all the time. Hundreds of species are identified, you know, on a regular basis, thousands of species. So to say that we know of everything that exists in the world is is just patently untrue. I think that something will be discovered and people who believe in Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yowie, Yaren, 
whatever it's called in different areas of the world, will come back and say, this thing that was just discovered, even though its scientific name is ABC, whatever they decide to name it, this yeah. is what we've been talking about. This is the Bigfoot. This is the Yowie. This is the Yaren. The fact is it has existed it's existed over so many cultures. It's it's existed over centuries. And to say that there's absolutely nothing there, I don't believe that. There's too many, and I'm the first one to dismiss eyewitness accounts, but there are too many people coming forward, especially in the logging community, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Those are not typically people who are going to admit to seeing something like a cryptid. They're not used to saying, yes, I saw something because they're in a position where they're going to be mocked, be mocked and be belittled. So I think that there is basically for most people who come forward, there is no reason for them to come forward. Most of them have not, most have not sought fame or fortune as a result. So so you think there's going to be something out there eventually that even the, the, the whole Bigfoot community will be, that's it. That's what we were talking about. Definitely. And we had looked into a creature that existed, you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago um, called Gigantopithecus blackie. Mm -hmm. And this is something that some people believe is kind of a missing link and it fits all of the Bigfoot hallmarks. Now, I'm not saying that particular creature exists anymore. Clearly it doesn't. But... It was something that at one time we did not know it existed and later was identified. So I think that, you know, especially in a place like Pacific Northwest or British Columbia, where it's very, very rural, there's not a lot of people there. It's in this inaccessible sort of forest area. It is possible that something exists in small numbers. I'm not saying there's a huge colony, but small numbers, then we just can't get to it. We just can't see it. Now, I won't necessarily believe that it's Bigfoot per se until there's a body or there's bones or there's something. But I do have an open mind that something perhaps is out there in small numbers. Very good. Um, What was the government sourced? What was the government evidence that, that you were able to source? We were shut down because of COVID, but we still wanted to to do an update to the show. So we ended up just shooting it via Zoom, which was COVID friendly and it was fine. And we did bring in someone who was a government employee who said, you know, here were some videos that we found, here were some photos that we found. And we worked through those and tried to ascertain what they were. A few of them were debunked, a few of them weren't. Um, But I think it's important to always evaluate new evidence with a fresh eye. Absolutely. Speaking of new evidence, and and I know you've looked into Area 51 and in Roswell, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, I sent you that Military Matters podcast about the DOD unidentified aerial phenomena mm-hmm. that the Navy has recently come out and cur- confirmed that, yes, this is credible footage. Uh, <laughs> on the podcast, uh, the host, another veteran we both know, Rod Rodriguez, right. was talking with Luis Elizondo, also mm-hmm. a veteran, who... Uh, he's been all over lately. If you do a quick Google search, you you know you can find him on History Channel, Fox, CNN. He was the former head of the Advanced Aerospace Threat Intelligence Program, and I don't know if you listened to it all, but it, it was crazy to me. Yeah, uh, it was. What'd you think? Well, first of all, I love Rod, and I thought it was so interesting. You know, I think that he had a lot to say, and there's nothing driving his his narrative except. You know, he he wore the uniform, he swore to protect this country, and he wanted to come forward with the things that he knew, and he thought it was really important that the general public know. 
So I give him a lot of credibility and I, I thought some of the things he had to say, I, I was surprised by it because it hasn't gotten the press, Right. you know, the release of the videos by the Pentagon, what people have to say, what whistleblowers are coming out and saying, and it really hasn't gotten covered in the press. And that's just so odd to me. And I, I have to just assume it's because the election, everybody's kind of tied up in, in the election, the Kardashians, whatever's catching their attention. 2020 in general. 2020 in general. But, but this is so... People really need to be aware of this stuff and look into it. This is really concerning. If we don't know what this is, and it could be extraterrestrial in nature, that is a threat. If we don't know, not knowing in itself is a threat. We need to be aware and we need to be vigilant. Absolutely. I, you know, I, I mean, it is starting to end up on the end of shows for the last two minutes, whereas before they weren't even on these shows. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a lot to unpack in that episode alien you know as far as possible theories for these for these unidentified and they call them a phenomenon because they don't even know if they're objects i mean they could mm-hmm. be aliens darpa projects possible multiple dimensions right they were they were going into um you know now you know lewis is now claiming that he has physical evidence of these crafts and they're going through the scientific methods of proving getting peer reviews um yeah, did you, were you able to, to listen to the the follow up episode with the aerospace engineer? From no, no, I didn't. No, I would love yeah. to. Yeah, so he did a follow up episode with uh, from Lockheed, uh, an engineer that from Lockheed Martin Skunk Works. I haven't been able to listen to it either. I just wonder if you, you've heard of it. I just think it's just a fascinating subject overall. Um, were you able to pair what they were talking about with anything that you've investigated when it comes to these subjects? Yes, definitely. And there were some people that I interviewed for the Area 51 show who did not want to be on camera. They did not want to give their name publicly. And because of that, we were not able to use those particular tidbits of information on the show. We couldn't get them cleared. So I'll say that there were people who have absolutely zero to gain there was a person who was on one of the ships at the time, and I'll leave it kind of vague because I don't want this person identified, who now works for the DOD. And this person had a lot of things to share. I also spoke to another pilot who was up in the air when Commander Fravor was up in the air. And these are the same stories that people are telling with additional tidbits of information. And for people who say, there's no way that this is extraterrestrial. This is just something unidentified. It's maybe another country. First of all, the manner in which the aircraft dropped, there's no way that it was a piloted aircraft of any sort from another country because the person would have been liquefied if you look at how fast that it dropped. Wow. Um, it's possible that it's a drone. That's completely possible. But for the military to not know, I I, I don't know. I, do, I don't know how to reconcile that. But there were people that came forward with additional information. And because they fear for their job security now, they didn't want to be identified. And I absolutely understand that. Yeah. Have you heard of the documentary, The Phenomenon? I have. I have. <laughs> I'm, shoot, I'm shooting right now, but it's on my list because my partner on the show, Ryan Sprague, yeah. uh, yeah, he he said, you know, this is definitely something you have to watch, and I'm I'm excited. It's on my list of things once I get a day off. What do you know about it so far? Have you watched the trailer? I watched the trailer, okay, and I found it astounding that so many people in the know, in these really sensitive positions in government, came forward. I mean, 
I, I saw it when it kind of it's been making the, the rounds the the director and the producer have been making the rounds on the press recently and I you know what stopped from me from chopping my celery during dinner was <laughs> uh, they had Senate uh, you know former Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid on there mm-hmm. talking about what's out there as far as the government how they how the government has evidence and that most of it hasn't even seen the light of day and mm-hmm. went out as far as to even say UFOs have actually and repeatedly interfered with U.S. and Russian nuclear weapons capabilities. Mm-hmm. I think that's the highest person in government that has ever said anything like that. Well, and for people to still say, even after numerous government officials have come out, to still say, no, it's it's this is just kind of conspiracy theories. What do you need to see for it not to be a conspiracy theory? I think people are quick to put that label on it because the thought of something unknown is very unnerving. And I understand that. But that doesn't mean you automatically classify it as a conspiracy theory and throw it in the garbage. So what, what is what is Jennifer Marshall's um, thoughts on that whole subject of alien or unknown identified phenomenon, an unidentified I, alien phenomenon? I think that... It is statistically improbable. It's not impossible, but it's statistically improbable that in a galaxy of septillion planets that we are alone. It's also narcissistic to believe. I I love when people say, well, we're looking for other intelligent life. Newsflash, if another civilization has been able to reach Earth, we are not on their level of intelligence. Saying that we are intelligent life when we have no idea how these beings could come to see us. We are not intelligent life in comparison to them. Yeah. I think that it is probable that extraterrestrials have visited. um, And I think it's very probable that there is some sort of life out in the universe that we don't, we don't know about. Now, do I think that there are aliens at area 51 working alongside humans? No, that's, that's insanity but I'm not quick to dismiss that it's possible that we could have had visitors in the past maybe hundreds of thousands of years ago maybe recently I don't know yeah or maybe it was hundreds of thousands of years ago for us but for them it was 15 minutes if you look into the space-time continuum absolutely I mean I I had a deep dive into that uh I was reaching the far reaches of the internet uh last Friday (laughs) and was and, I, and that was the first time I've heard of that concept and, and you know, the space time continuum, you know, if you're so far away and then depending on gravity, 15 minutes could be thousands of years for us. Sure. And that, that blew my mind, <laughs> blew my mind. And I was like, I am, I'm, it was like one in the morning. I'm, I'm watching YouTube. I'm like, okay, I'm done for the night. That's, that's, <laughs> that's not the time. 1am is not the time. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, Halloween is coming up. Um, what is, what have you not investigated in the paranormal oh that, you would, that you would like to? That I would what love? What has been suggested out there? Oh, yeah. I have such a laundry list. All right. So our show is not international yet, but someday when we go international, I would love to investigate so the Yowie in Australia is kind of like the Bigfoot that we have. I would okay. love to look into the Titanic conspiracy, which uh, there's a conspiracy that it actually wasn't the Titanic that sank. It was its sister ship, the Olympic. And, you know, I think... What? I think... It, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. And I, I think for that, I'd like to investigate it just to debunk it because I think it's 
more than likely it absolutely was the Titanic, but there is, but there are some, some things out there that, you know, make me, make me wonder that I'd like to look into a little bit more. Rendlesham in, in the UK. Oh gosh, there are just so many things. The Waverly Sanatorium. I would love to go to Waverly Sanatorium. Uh, it's a notoriously haunted building that's been there for many years. Um, there are so many, so many things that I, I would love to look into. And we've shot additional episodes that I, I can't discuss because uh, sure. the CW hasn't released them. But there were a few things that I got to investigate this last season that, that were on my list. I would love for you to go international because, you know, I, I spent some time in the Marine Corps. I spent some time in Romania mm-hmm. and, you know, Carpathian Mountains. Mm-hmm. W- werewolves where did that come from right um is that you know and then you can maybe marry it with uh i've even thought of the you know the context of you know native american culture and skinwalkers Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. am i am i am i I getting somewhere on that one well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say anything (laughs) okay (laughs) fair enough i cannot say anything Um, (laughs) outstanding um, well, I think we got some some good creative and paranormal juices flowing for this episode. Um, is there anything else that I might have missed about paranormal hmm. activity? Par- you know, you know, any anything that that you I think don't would be important to share? Think so. Um, there is a true crime case I really want to look at as well, um, and I don't know. You know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it through the show, but there was a um, there was an E3 in the army who was found dead, Lavina Johnson, and they had said she was a PFC, and they had said that uh, she had committed suicide. But there were so many things in the autopsy that didn't make sense. She had a broken nose, she had loose teeth, she had burns from a chemical on her genitals. So all of these things did not make sense. The army ruled it a suicide. I vehemently disagree with that. And I would love to evaluate that case and get to the bottom of really what happened to her. That's, that's, I, I, I really do want to look into that more, more than, uh, the more you just talked about it. And I, and I definitely want to want some, just send me what you got, but, uh, mm-hmm. what is next for Jennifer? What's, um, where are we going when, in, in terms of paranormal, where, where, what what's something that we haven't really even considered? You know, we're, we always talk about aliens. We always talk about Bigfoot. Um, what is something on this Halloween special that we should that we haven't considered that we should? Well, we've been traveling around since some of the COVID restrictions were lifted. We've been traveling around and we've been looking into other things. I'll put it that way. And I think it will be pretty interesting this next season coming up because it was things that I hadn't even considered could have a paranormal slant to it that do. I served in Vietnam. I served in World War II. I served in Afghanistan. And VA serves us all. No matter when you served. No matter if you saw combat or not. There are benefits for veterans of every generation. See what VA can do for you. To learn what benefits you may be eligible for, visit www.va.gov. That's www.va.gov.
I want to thank Jennifer for that very fun conversation for Halloween weekend. For more information on Jennifer Marshall, you can visit jennifermarshall.com. Our Born the Battle Veteran of the Week comes by the way of our VA Veteran of the Day program. Every day, our digital team recognizes a veteran for their service on all of our social media platforms and on blogs.va.gov. You can send in your own nomination by emailing newmedia at va.gov. Hildreth Walker Jr. served as an electrician's mate in the Navy. Walker's lifelong dedication to science put him at the forefront of groundbreaking innovations being made in military and laser technology. When Walker was a child, his father gave him a Buck Rogers ray gun that let off sparks, which made him curious about the science behind it. He started middle school in Alexandria, Louisiana, where he'd hoped to learn more about math and science. However, most of Walker's textbooks, usually hand-me-downs from other schools, came in tatters. He learned by studying with the incomplete educational material he had and supplemented his knowledge with the hands-on experience he gained while working at a local electronics shop. Right after high school, Walker enlisted in the Navy working with electronics. He completed basic training in San Diego. Much of Walker's time in the Navy was spent as an electrician's mate aboard the USS Redova, where he worked with some of the most advanced technology at the time. Walker served until 1955. After leaving the Navy, he sought to work with machines he had never operated before and took a job in aerospace technology with Douglas Aircraft. In 1957, Walker received a rare opportunity to work with the RCA Corporation and their ballistic missile early warning system. He moved to Alaska to help develop the largest radar system in the world, returning to the lower 48 in 1961 once the project was complete. Walker then went to work for Corrad Corporation, which specialized in laser technology. Within a few years, Walker became proficient in working with lasers and soon found himself leading a team in charge of measuring the distance between the moon and Earth during the 1969 Apollo 11 mission. Under his leadership, the team rendered the most accurate measurement to date. Once he retired, Walker dedicated his life toward fostering an interest in science and math within underrepresented communities. In 1990, Walker and his wife, Dr. Betty Walker, founded the African American Male Achievers Network. The organization remains active today and has helped thousands of students from several different countries attend and graduate from renowned academic institutions around the world. Navy veteran Hildreth Walker Jr. Thank you for your service. That's it for this week's episode. If you yourself would like to nominate a Born the Battle Veteran of the Week, you can. Just send an email to podcast at va.gov, include a short write-up, and let us know why you would like to see him or her as the Born the Battle Veteran of the Week. And if you like this podcast episode, hit the subscribe button. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, pretty much any podcatching app known to phone, computer, tablet, or man. For more stories on veterans and veteran benefits, check out our website, blogs.va.gov. And follow the VA on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, RallyPoint, LinkedIn, DEPT Vet Affairs, U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. No matter the social media, you can always find us with a blue check mark. And as always, I'm reminded by people smarter than myself to remind you that the Department of Veterans Affairs does not endorse or officially sanction any entities that may be discussed in this podcast, not even aliens, nor any media products or services they may provide. Thank you again for listening. Have a safe and happy Halloween, and we'll see you right here next week. Take care.